Welcome to the RodeoKids.com podcast. I'm your host, Camry Widmer, and I'm extremely excited to introduce our guest, Sean Boom Boom Thompson. He is a talented, funny, and gifted barrel man or rodeo clown with a great message about life, overcoming obstacles, and surrounding yourself with the right people. This is a message you're gonna wanna hear. So we'll turn it over to Sean Boom Boom Thompson. Well, welcome to the RodeoKids.com podcast. Man, I'm excited to be here. Such a great, such a great thing you're doing. I love it. Oh, thanks. Well, I just appreciate you reaching out and, you know, it's, you never know who's willing to talk and who's not. And so I really appreciate you taking the time to, to reach out and show some interest. You bet. Well, I, you know, I just, I hope that I can be half as positive as your posts are. I just, I, every day I come across it and I just, I'm like, wow, that's good stuff. Well, so I, I, I hope to bring some, some good stuff with me too today. I hope. Yes. I have no doubt that you will. So let's just go ahead and tell us your story. Like, um, you know, a lot of kids and families listen to this podcast. So just start at the very beginning with how you grew up in the rodeo world, rodeo clown, or how you didn't grow up as a clown. I don't, just, what's your background? Sure. Sure. Well, it's kind of a wild story a little bit, I guess. Uh, um, from Rodeo Town, USA, Sydney, Iowa. Um, born and raised that in that area. Went to a little uh-huh. school called Fair, little school called Farragut, just outside of Sydney, but uh, in between Sydney and Shenandoah, Iowa. Um, and you know, as a little kid, I grew up going to Sydney's rodeo. It's been there for this is like the 98th year or whatever it is. So it's a, and it's a big PRC rodeo, and it used to be like five six days long. Um, and you just I grew up there. I watched it, idolized the guys before me and, and just uh, saw my dad, and my grandpa laugh at these rodeo clowns. And, I, and anytime that, uh, an elder, an elder person in your life, like your grandpa or your dad or your uncle, you know, laughs at somebody, you think, man, I want to be that, you know, that's, that's what you're striving for the rest of your life is to impress those people. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I, I wasn't real serious about it, but I always played, you know, as a kid, my had two brothers, uh, Ben and Andy, who were bullfighters also. We went by the triple teaser for a while. I don't know if that's dating myself that might have been before your time but but uh, in rodeo but uh, we were you know we played in the yard all the time you know we and we had mexican fighting bulls that were lawnmowers and and we did all kinds of the crazy things with dirt bikes creative oh we did we got creative we played all the time so we loved it we fell in love with it because we grew up in rodeo town usa yeah and uh, that's how we kind of fell in love with it i wasn't really serious about it you know i mean n- none of my parents rodeoed uh uh, mom had a barrel horse but she never competed you know in anything but uh, uh and dad sure as heck didn't rodeo um so none of us really grew up around or anything and one day a senior in high school and I was in home ec class uh yeah home ec class because uh, that's where all the girls were and that's just what, <laughs> that's just that's just what I did you know I was chasing girls back that day and uh and uh, like most high school seniors do I guess but anyway um and I was had a new teacher uh and I was kind of the class clown. Uh, and she said, uh, well, what are you seniors? You know, what do you guys want to do when you get out of high school? Hey, I never really even thought about it. And I just jokingly said, well, I want to be a rodeo clown. Well, her sister happened to be a secretary for a rodeo company, not for a rodeo company, but for uh, a, an outfit that put on a, a Sankey school, a Lyle Sankey school. Okay. And she said, well, you know, and all of a sudden I get this phone call the next, the this, this same day. So like, eight o'clock that night I get a phone call from 
this teacher's sister. And she says, I hear you want to be a rodeo clown. You know, I'm, I'm such and such sister. And, and uh, uh, you know, I, I've got some, I've got an opportunity for you in Wahoo, Nebraska. I'm like, well, yeah, sure thing. You know, sign me up. You know, it was like 150 bucks back then um, to go to this rodeo school, bullfight school. And uh, I remember back then even, uh, which is going to be a key part of what I'm going to talk about today is, you know, surrounding yourself with great people. Um, Cause that's, that's a huge key to success. Yeah. But I had, and I've been so blessed with that in my life. I'll just cheat and tell you that right off the get go, because right. that's been the biggest blessing the Lord's given me is people in my life, the good people in my life. But even back then as, as a 17, 18 year old young man, um, 16, whatever it was, 18, I guess it would have been, but I, I was blessed to have good people in my life then. Cause I had my buddies, my buddies would like, let me come over and clean their house. And they'd pay me to clean their house, do their chores. I mean, just get me money so that I could afford to go to this bullfight school. So I don't know if they wanted to kill me off or if they just, <laughs> or if they actually wanted to help out, but no, I was surrounded by good people. Even back then, if I look back and look at it, cause they did everything. I mean, anything from anything from washing their car to uh, anything oh, to scrape, so scrape the bottom of the barrel there. But, uh, yeah, so then I went to my first bullfight school. I remember the first, the only thing I remember is there was a guy on a bucking horse right before me, before I got to do my bullfighting. He went out on the bucking horse and the, and the and the horse kicked him and it was kind of a significant injury. And I remember thinking, oh man, you know, right before I called for my first bull standing out there in the middle of the arena and I called for my first bull, all I could think about was that last injury. And I remember the bull come running at me and he picked me up, threw me over the fence, and honestly, I've been hooked. I've been hooked ever since. I mean, that was my first. That was my first. You know, I pulled in there. I think I was thinking, man, this is great. I got a parking spot with my own name on it. You know, I'm big time. This is it. You know, and I'm a 17, 18 year old kid in high school. I didn't know nothing. I just uh, I found out real quick what rodeo uh, what rodeo is about. If you if you if you're just starting out, it, it can be a rough note to begin with. Yeah. But but so so. Uh, so many rewards in the long run though man i'm telling you with the number of people that i've met over the years and things like that um it's just it's it's been great but so that's how i kind of got my start yeah um, before that's, we that's, move on can you talk a little bit about what your experience was like at that school my experience at that school uh i remember they they chased you they chased me around with a wheelbarrow just teaching you the first the the kind of the first little nitbits of uh of how to escape or how to, or how to get yourself out of harm. And that's staying in that pocket, you know, getting inside the, inside the neck of the bull so that you don't get, uh, don't get hooked like I did over the fence. Yeah. And, and how to work a hang up, you know, you want one guy in the head and one guy trying to get to the tail and, and, and there was some, you know, it, it was pretty vanilla. It was kind of the school of hard knocks at first. It really was. Um, and back then it's a little different than nowadays. Nowadays, you know, there's more guys that, that, uh, that are, darn sure highly qualified and work really hard to to teach a typical technique of the freestyle bullfighting or right. uh you know versus versus you know what i was doing yeah <laughs> so but I think uh, that's all across the board people have I, I do too education do too. in those fields it's necessary in this industry especially to educate as far as you can so that kids and everybody can be educated Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the rodeo world's done a great job of that. And there's yeah. so many professionals out there that have taken it to the next level. I will say yeah. that, but that, yeah. but that was kind of the, that was kind of the groundbreaker, you know, and as, as a young person, you're going to go in there nervous, but you got to realize everybody around you is the same way and have done the same thing. You know, I've been in this business for 29 years now oh, wow. and, and, and I still get some butterflies now and then, 
you know, uh, good. before a performance or something. So I think that, I think that's a good thing. I mean, I, I, I think if you're, if you're not getting butterflies, maybe you're a little numb to it. So, uh, don't, don't be, don't be a person in fear at your first, at your first event of cracking out and, and the, and the rodeo industry, everybody started somewhere and eventually everybody will have your back. And yeah. And if you're lucky like I was and blessed by the good Lord, then he's going to throw people in your life that are going to show you the right direction and, and, and things are going to go good for you. Yeah. That's what I'd say to somebody who's just starting into it. Yeah. That's awesome advice. I love that. Okay. Yeah. So what's next? We went to the bull riding or to the bullfighting yeah. school. school. Went to the bullfighting school and actually ran into uh, a neighbor kid, believe it or not, that was there. And uh, he happened to be, uh, hauling his first set of bulls to a, to to something, which was that school, um, and that was Shad Smith, Double S Bull Company. Oh, um, yeah. And he's like, "Hey, you know, you you're close to home. You ever want to work a you ever want to work a practice pen and get some practice?" He says, "I got one there, at the you know, that over by the house, over by Thurman, Iowa, in the hills." He said, uh, I'd "Love to have you." Well, you know, I had a I had two younger brothers uh, that I talked about just a few minutes ago, uh, Ben Ben and Andy Thompson. Um, and Andy wanted to start uh, high school rodeo. He wanted to ride bulls. So I kind of worked out a deal with Shad to come work his practice pen as a bullfighter if he let my brother ride some practice bulls. And so then we kind of just, you know, we got in there. Um, Andy got his practice bulls, rode high school rodeo. And then and I got to got plenty of practice there at the Smith Ranch, the practice pen. And, uh, and then uh, after that, there was a uh, Rodeo that I, I booked a few rodeos with Grand River Rodeo Company. Uh, uh, oh, back in the day, it was Right Gear, uh, Right Gear yep. Rodeo Company. Uh, and and the list was on a Bob McKay, McKay Rodeo Company out of Nebraska. I mean, there was just a bunch of local uh, contractors that I got to work for. Uh, Todd Craze with the White Buffalo Rodeo Productions was hiring back then, too. Um, yeah, worked with a bunch of good people. Yeah. Um, so I went to a rodeo out in Nebraska. I, I'll hit on this one real quick and tell you kind of how the triple t's got started which was what we called what they called uh, my brothers and i we traveled all over the country as the triple t's he had two of them that fought bulls and then myself that did the comedy worked yeah. the barrel and before i started comedy i was doing i was fighting bulls and doing comedy both you know uh, my very first show was for shad smith in a little town called weston nebraska and they it was basically a it was basically a town with a post office and a bar restaurant across the road. And it was all brick buildings. It was a itty bitty town of maybe like, maybe a hundred people, maybe. Yeah. And they packed the streets there with panels and dirt, and brought in the bucket shoots and, and did Chad Smith's first bull in riding, double S bull companies. Very, yeah, in the street. In oh the my street. gosh. Yeah, they closed the town down, but you know, there wasn't any major traffic coming through there anyway, but uh, <laughs> uh, you know. the street dance when you can have a street rodeo. Yeah, well, it, it, it was a street rodeo. Uh, like I said, the, I don't, I'm not sure the biggest industry in town wasn't the Avon lady. I mean, I, I, there was, it wasn't very big. But anyway, the, the, uh, that was the very first one that I ever did. But I was doing fighting bulls and doing comedy both back, in that, back then. This would have been probably in the late 90s, I'd say. Okay. Um, giving my age away, sorry. But uh, in the late 90s there, that was my very first one that I ever did. But then I started working for, like I said, Bob McKay and those folks. Well, then they started passing rules in different associations, amateur rodeo associations, that you had to have two bullfighters at every event. Me being the type wad that I was, or am, I guess, still today, I uh, I told, I had a rodeo in Wabak, Nebraska, and they're like, yeah, you got to have two bullfighters. And 
And I, and I used to do it by myself, doing comedy festivals. So I said, all right, I'll bring somebody. So I thought to myself, you know, I could kind of double dip here. You know, I could kind of get paid twice. Uh, so I just grabbed my younger brother. I'm like, just come wear the baggies, stand by the shoots, and you'll be fine. This will be good. This will work out great. And I'll, you know, we'll make some money and I'll feed you. Don't worry. Yeah. It's all good. So he, so he goes with me. Uh, lo and behold, goes out there and makes rounds like I've never seen before. Uh, totally had the knack for it. Just a natural. He was really, really good. And he was uh, one of the best I've ever seen. I've seen a bunch. Uh, he, he, and I'm not just saying because he's my brother, but he, he just had a knack for it. And then uh, I'll be darned if he doesn't do the same thing a year later because I give him wall back because I had to go do something else. And if he doesn't call my other brother, which is the middle brother, Benny, and Benny comes and does it, and he's a natural. So now we're like, okay, now everybody, now we started getting phone calls. Like, well, all three of you come. We want all three of you. So, you, you know, so I weaned myself out of the bullfighting and just did the comedy and traveled all over the country with those two um, as the triple T's uh, for probably, I don't know, probably 10 years of the business anyway, 10 to 10, 10 years or so of the business. And then they both had some injuries uh, <clears throat> that slowed them down. Uh I think you passed it through the phone. I don't know how you did that, but you did it somehow. That's pretty magical. But <laughs> so, yeah, so then that's how the Triple T's got started. We did that for a while. And then since then, it's just taken off for me. I mean, I've been, I've been everywhere. I've gotten to work. I've been so fortunate. I've gotten to, I've gotten to work so many, for so many good people and done so many good events, you know, for the, as far as the work, I mean, I've worked as events like the PBRs. I've worked Perceivra, the URA, the MRCA, the IRA, the IPRA. I mean, yeah. uh, every, everything and anything you could name, I've done it. The BOA, the NFPB. I, I've been so fortunate to get to be selected to work their finals and, and stuff. And I, and I just, you know, I've met so many good people. I can't stress that enough. Um, now, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that there wasn't a lot of disappointment in some of that as, as right. the road went on. But what I found out about disappointment is it's always followed by success. If you, if you ever have disappointment in your life, it's always followed by success. Um, and there's always good times ahead. As long as I feel like, as long as you don't let it, as long as you don't let it keep you down. Mm-hmm. And of course you let Jesus take the wheel. Obviously that's a huge, a huge, huge key to, to it. But you know, uh, I was a kid and I dreamed one day about being a rodeo clown. Um, never thought in a million years it would ever happen but it did. So I'm also a big believer in following your dreams and don't let anybody tell you that you can't do it. Um, you know, I, I that's just, that's just kind of my motto or where I set with everything on that. Uh, you know, I, I'm a big believer in, in, uh, following your dreams and don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. You know, I was just this chunky little grade school kid that, uh, uh, you can't be a bullfighter. You can't be a rodeo clown. You'll never make that. And, and, and I had that disappointment in my life, that failure in my life. Some people telling me no and that they couldn't do it. And all it took is for somebody to take a chance on me. And then it became reality. And then it became success with many good times to follow. Yeah. So don't let anybody tell you you can't do something. Yeah, there's kind of a general theme that's been going. And I think it's it's a theme through all successful people who are doing things that aren't, you know, the societal norm. Um, or the nine to five job, which there's nothing wrong with those either. Um, But the people that we've talked to lately, it's every single person, it started with one comment or one conversation, just like you made a joke in home ec class, you know, and and look what it led to. And we have just talked like Hunter Ream right now, who had that 
snafu with the American and cost him $1.1 million. He was a guest and like, he's gotten to where he's gotten, like he's lived with Tyson Durfee for a while. And that started just by sending him a message on Instagram. Like the worst thing that's going to happen is somebody's going to say no, but they might say yes. Like if they say no, you're not going backwards. And it's just really cool because it's a general theme. Like it's just one question and Absolutely. asking it over and over again until somebody says yes. Yeah. And you had a rodeo announcer on last week that that message really stuck with me. I can't remember the guy's name. I Brandon should, Edwards. I Brandon. Yes. Yes. And, he, and his message was awesome. I, I loved his message about, you know, if you want it, go do it, go out there and get it, work for it. And you're going to, ha- and it'll happen. I mean, you know what you got to work for, it. you got to put the time in. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was, was the, your yeses and your, your yeses and your dues are always yeah. more important than your no's and your don'ts. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, that was like absolutely. mind blown. Yeah. That it. was good stuff. Yes. Good stuff. Definitely. And I hope that my, my, then my message, once again, disappointment is always followed. It is always followed by success and good times. I promise you, if you're in a low in life, if you ride it out and you and you dig yourself out, you're gonna find success. You're gonna find good times. I promise you that. Yeah. I promise you that. Well, and Jesus, you know, that's in the Bible. It tells us, you know, he's gotta sometimes we have to get down so that we remember who we need to trust. And yep. that's part of life. And you can't appreciate the highs unless you've had some lows and yep. win or learn, yep. I never lose. Yeah, that's why one of my favorite scriptures, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ. I mean, yeah. and that's so true. You can do all things through Christ because who strengthens me? Yep. You know, and, and, and that's 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 the key to it, too. I mean, it's a huge, huge part of life is uh, if you let him, like I said earlier, take the wheel. Uh, I, that song comes in my head every time and I can't sing. Otherwise, I'd sing it for you. <laughs> but uh, yeah. they might put me on American Idol if I do. So I better not do that. <laughs> but, but anyway that's the key to it. Uh, I can, I can go back and tell you many, many disappointing stories in my life. You know, I was diagnosed with cancer at the age of 22, 23, somewhere near 22, 23. Um, I was stage four non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Uh, wasn't supposed to be able to have kids, uh, any more kids. I'd already had my youngest son, Tate, which I didn't even tell you about my family, but, uh, yes. my youngest <laughs> son, Tate, uh, I had him. He was two years old. Um, and was diagnosed, wasn't supposed to have kids after that. Um, and then, you know, let alone keep rodeo and, and, and stay alive, you know, I was, you know, wasn't supposed to, wasn't supposed to happen, but, uh, uh, don't regret getting the cancer, uh, found Jesus Christ in my life. And then, and then just good things started to roll after that. I mean, I beat it, um, survivor from it, uh, 17 years now or 18 years now in remission. So, Congratulations. yeah, you know, yeah. And I, and, and man, I've been everywhere since then. So, you know, what that was, was your mindset of, like during that? Oh, many, many different mindsets go through your head when you go through something like that. I mean, the very first one is, man, you want to just live by the song by Tim McGraw. You want to live like you're dying. I mean, you want to do anything and everything that you could possibly think of in your life before your time's over. And you got a short period of time to do that. And that goes through your head first. And then you're thinking, oh man, I can't, I can't be foolish and stupid and just go spend money like crazy because then I'm leaving it for somebody else. You know, I'm leaving it for my kid. I'm leaving it for my, my ex-wife now, but uh, you know, you're leaving that for your family and that stuff. And you did, you, you know, then reality hits to you. Okay. Now you can't do that or you don't want to do that. And 
now how can I leave here and make their life better before mine's over? I mean, that, that's the kind of stuff that goes through your head. And you're going through all that kind of stuff. And then for me, just one day, sitting in a church pew, just bam, it just hit me. It's like, wait a second. You're not done with me yet. You know, you've got a purpose for me. You've got something for me. I don't know what it is, but, you know, I'm willing to stay here and do it. Uh, let's fight, you know, and it just put a fight in me that, uh, and I coach football too. So, it, it, you know, when you're in that locker room and you give that speech and you run down that hill and you're ready to fight, uh, it was 10 times that feeling. And that might be one of the most wow. Friday nights, Friday nights might be one of the most gut-wrenching feelings you could ever have running down that hill with a group of guys. But this was even 10 times that this was even 10 times that it was a burning inside my soul that I'd never had. Um, and it taught me, it taught me that day to, to fight. And then, and that's, and that, that was just, it's just raw emotion. It's raw, it's raw feelings. It's, it's something I can't explain or put into words. I just can't define it as to what that's like, but that's just kind of what you go through, I guess, is what I went through. I shouldn't say maybe everybody, but I think a lot of people in talking that have had cancer that are survivors have went through that. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have to have that fight in you. And, and, and once again, the Lord blessed me with many great people in my life that surrounded me and helped me fight. You know, uh, I remember, I remember specifically, you know, uh, started to lose my, was going to start losing my hair for chemo. Uh, so before my first treatment, my brother, my dad's, my, my dad, my two brothers showed up at my front door at eight o'clock at night. I was supposed to leave for chemo at like five in the morning. I had no mom in Nebraska to do it. Showed up at eight o'clock at night at my door with a pair of clippers and they were all three bald, you know? Um, and uh, yeah, they walked that walk with me and yeah, it was it was, uh, it was definitely something I'll never forget. So, yeah, that's but, awesome. uh, once again, the good Lord's blessed me, you know, I cheat, I, I can cheat and say that he's blessed me with so many good people in my life and, and it goes beyond just family. I mean, there's so many, so many good people, uh, uh, just like you with this, with this podcast and this, uh, the stuff that you do, your posts that you put, I mean, they're all positive. And if you put those positive people around you, uh, once again, it's just, it's, it's great. It's uplifting. Yeah. Well, and life is a choice. And like you said, you know, I've got disappointments and I've got things and I try to share that as well. But then there's also like, I get to choose. We all get to choose. You got to choose to see what your situation was as to, am I going to dwell and make my life miserable because of it? Because I, I can choose to do that. I can choose to let the devil win or I can turn it around and say, this is what I was thinking. This is what's going through my head. But this is the reality and this is how I'm going to choose to look at it. And you're a magnet. You know, we're all magnets. If we focus on the negative, that's what we're going to get a whole lot of versus if we focus on the positive and the good people, that's what comes into your life. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, that's that's the whole that's my whole thing. You know, I, I believe that uh, if you're happy, I'm happy. And that's what I love about being a rodeo clown. I mean, I, you know, I get a chance to spread that happiness every weekend with somebody new I give I get to give a message you know that you know you can survive you can beat it you can you can be you can do great things you can be great you can you can do whatever you set your mind to yeah Um, 
you know, and there's going to be valleys of low times, but you know what? You'll find your way. You'll find your way out. of it. You will, if you, if you want to. One of my favorite, I read a book. I can't remember if it's the chase, the lion, or there's another book. Um, that's along those lines. Anyway, it was talking about like I was living out in Colorado and just kind of at a decision-making point in my life as to which direction am I going to go, kind of feeling cruddy about where I was and stuff. And um, a friend had recommended the book and I was listening to it on an audible driving through the mountains and I had been down in a valley and it just so happened to be the timing. And it was talking about how when you're in the valleys, that's where the grass grows. That's where the crops grow. That's where things are green. That's where the fertilizer is and everything. When you get to the top of a mountain, it's bare. Like yeah. what's up there? What's up there at the yeah. top of that big rock? There's snow, there's ice, there's cold. Like there's a yeah. few scary animals, <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah. like that's a lonely place. It's great to get there. It's great to see it. Oh, then man. you gotta go back down to go get fertilized again. And- yeah. Yeah, and so seeing it that way and changing that perspective was like ah yes and i can give a prime example of this in the rodeo in the rodeo industry in the rodeo world too i can remember being in like a small town small town uh raining pouring absolutely mud stuck to the bottom of your feet can't move them there's maybe three people sitting underneath an umbrella or something in that bleachers and you're out there trying to make and you're out there (laughs) trying to make a living trying to be funny and ain't nothing funny about it when it's cold blowing raining and muddy and there is nothing fun about it and you're like out there and you're just miserable and it is the bottom of the pit you're like how did I get to you know how why am I in this situation you know I've done this for 29 years blah 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 I should be you know someplace else blah 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 you're at the low of the lows you're thinking well this is horrible and then you know the next week you're in I got to, fortunate enough to work a PBR event in Knoxville, Tennessee. It sold out, sold out to uh, Pat, the house that Pat Summit built. Sold out. I mean, just there wasn't a seat left in the house. And the roar of the crowd in a coliseum like that is just, it, it's unreal. I mean, the, uh, made the hair on the back of my neck stand up. They, they needed something to go into the short go round with. And they gave me a Tennessee volunteer jersey. And I went to, I went out there on the stage and I ripped my rodeo jersey off, had that Tennessee jersey on, and we played Rocky Top. And I and it just it lifted the it lifted the ceiling off the place. It was unreal. Yeah. But I remember thinking that, you know, I was just at this muddy, muddy arena with two people, and now I'm here. So once again, the valley, that valley you're talking about, that grass always gets green down there and, and gets done down there. And the, and that that working that two or three people maybe I didn't see the effect that I was having as I did to the people, you know, hearing that roaring crowd, but you know, there's still a part of me that thinks that just doing that, doing that small one makes you that much better for the big one. Oh, definitely. For sure. So, yeah. that's even, you know, that's life in general. You know, sometimes we're out there in the practice pen, especially for like the kids and the families that are listening to this You're in that practice pen and you're young and you know, you're having fun, but it's still frustrating some days. And then, you get to the next level or you go to the junior high rodeo that weekend and things work out. And that's yeah. when it makes it worth those rainy days. It Absolutely. makes it worth that nasty weather. And, Absolutely. And, but if you didn't put that time in, like, you know, just the time that you spent in that weather, 
like you stuck it mm-hmm. out like that yep. made it like if i can do that i can do anything you know yeah even if it's yeah crazy. once once again disappointment is followed by success and yes. good times if yes. you if you if you allow it to happen if you make it happen yeah um, so but yes i mean <laughs> you know i at that point in time i thought that little old rodeo was just miserable but uh you know you look back on it, you know, after you work a big one like that one in, in Knoxville and you realize, you know, hey, this is part of the journey. Yeah. You know, it's part of the journey and that's what it takes to get there. Mm-hmm. So uh, keep looking up, keep that faith. You know, when you're knocked down, get right back up, never listen to anyone that says you can't. Yeah. And it's throughout all of life. Like it's up and down through all of life. It's not just when you're young. It's not, there's seasons no. all the time. <laughs> yeah. It's not just rodeo either, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it doesn't matter what you do or who you are, or what you do. I mean, it's, it, there's, there's highs and lows. And if you, if you keep going up then it's, you know, keep trying to outlast it, you will outlast it. That's right. That's exactly right. Great advice. I love all of that. So when you're like, I mean, being a clown, you've got to really communicate with people and, and come up with some pretty creative content. How do you go about doing that? <laughs> A lot of my stuff that a lot of my stuff I come up with is because I'm on the highway a lot, uh, a lot of free time in your head to, to come up with some stuff. But then I also have, you know, we have a rodeo clown community. You know, we have we have a few guys you get to call and talk to and and see what they're up to, what they've come up with. And, and that's kind of a good network for you. Um, and then there's just uh, a lot of good sound men that I get to work with, have had the opportunity to work with that are phenomenal to make a guy better and then many many good rodeo announcers uh i i i'm afraid to name one because i've worked with so many good ones i wouldn't want to disappoint somebody if i didn't name them right um but there's a bunch of them that you know 29 20 over 30 times i've been selected and i don't mean to say this toot my own horn but over 30 times i've been selected the rodeo clown of the year in many different associations but if it wasn't for those sound men and those rodeo announcers I, there's no way no way i could be boom boom thompson there's just that that my success is because of them you know and and once again i'll say it again i sound like a, a broken record but you know been very fortunate surrounded by great people that's made great things happen for me yeah. so what's that but, relationship look like in the arena like when you're in the middle of like you're going back and forth with the sound guy and the announcer and like how what's that like you know it's become natural it's become it's become it's it's kind of like uh okay like i'll say for a lot of them high school girls that are getting that just got done with prom you know or or what have you or, you know it's just kind of a natural thing you know you got to get your tan on you know you got to get your hair done you know you got to get your nails done you know you got to find the right dress you got to <laughs> find shoes to match okay well you know, when you're around that group of guys eating tacos at noon for a, an eight o'clock performance that night, you get to talking when you're eating tacos. You come up with things and you come up with, hey, you know, maybe we should do this or maybe we should do that. or What can we do to make this better? And what, it, It's teamwork. It's real teamwork. Um, production doesn't just happen overnight. Yeah, we have a production meeting, you know, two hours before a show. Right. Saying we're going to do it this way and we need you here and be ready for this, and be ready for that you have that production meeting but that timing that that uh the the timing and the experience and the knowing what to do comes from a lot of it comes from outside the arena uh being around the guys and and getting to know them on a personal basis and 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 then taking it to the arena 
and saying, okay, you know, uh, for example, you know, I know when, when my rodeo announcer says a certain word or, or, or talks in a certain way that, okay, he's needing me here. He's, he's, he's running out of stuff to say, he's yeah. needing me here. I, I got to be out there to help him out. You know, I got to come in there and fill in the, fill in the hole, fill in the spot. I always say that uh, a rodeo clown is kind of like watching the Super Bowl. You know how you always have those, uh, those commercials during the Super Bowl. Uh, we're kind of those commercials at a rodeo. You know, yeah. we're kind of filling that hole uh, so that, you know, maybe they're having trouble loading stock in the back and we've got to fill that time. You know, we've got to keep it rolling, keep it, keep it moving. Yeah. And, that's a uh, great analogy. Yeah. Yeah. And a good sound man and a good sound man will help you get through those. He really will, you know, uh, at times, you know, cause there's things you got to go to off the cusp and, uh, you kind of got to be, you kind of got to fly by the seat of your pants sometimes. And, and when you've got good rodeo announcers, good sound men, it makes you look a lot better than you really are at times, but, but yeah, you know, and they'll, and they'll tell you the same thing though. I think most sound men and most rodeo announcers say, you know, if I got a good clown that, that helps. It's a, it's, it's a lifesaver and makes the, makes the show go smoother. So yeah. it's, it's teamwork. Bottom line is it's teamwork. Uh, it all goes together. It's, you know, uh, a good looking car won't run without tires, won't run without oil. You know, it takes all three of us to takes all three of us to make a good show. It really does. Yeah. It doesn't doesn't hurt to have really good producers either. Um, if you've got and and I've gotten to work with some really good producers that uh, know how to run shows. That that makes a big difference too. Yeah, and when I think you know when you go to a rodeo that's got a good producer and they've got a tight ship and you you know everything's moving along then it's a, you can tell like everybody's flowing, everybody's jiving versus the ones where it's not real organized. And then yep. there's like a bunch of dead space and then everybody's doing their best to fill the dead yep. space. And like, you can tell everybody's really trying yep. uh, and that's good, but a good production, it seems effortless. It, it makes it, makes it, makes it for a better show for sure. But yeah. it, you know, but we've all had those we've all had those performances and rodeos that didn't go smooth like that either and and that's you know you're 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 trying to make you're you're doing everything you can to make that that show better that that uh, that next one better i mean that's the good thing about having a performance like that it's kind of one of those lows that you uh, that you're in that you you know you can't yeah. let it keep you down you got to go to the next one you know if well, i you get to look, learn from it and see you yes, know like what worked yeah. What didn't work? Yep. I mean, even in those times, sometimes oh, like in life, like, be like, oh, this thing like really triggered people in a yep. really funny way that I've never even tried yep. because you've never been in the position where you had to until yep. it was messed up. Yep, you're right. And, you know, it's funny how things have changed over the years. I mean, there's so many things that used to be funny that aren't funny anymore, um, you know, and yeah. And everybody has a, and everybody has a view and you have to respect everybody's view and you don't want to, and it's hard not to cross the line to disrespect somebody's view is what I should say. And, and that's tough today. It's tough this day and age, but you know, I, I go out there and don't even think about it. I just do my thing. And, and, you know, I hope I make somebody laugh and somebody happy. And, and usually you do, you know, usually there's, there's a handful that are happy and maybe one or two that maybe get disappointed, but once again, yeah. you, get, you respect everybody's views. Well, and I think as long as you respect them and, you know, I've learned a lot. I've been in a leadership program the last four months and it, with people from all over the world, all shapes, sizes, colors, religions, political views, like all of it. Um, 
And as long as you care about people, if they, in you know, you're coming from a place of kindness and love and you're clearly trying to spread a good message, then if they take that personally, then that's something that you could have said the nicest, kindest thing. And they're probably going to take it personally regardless. So there's those people and, um, you know, they get to look at, okay, why did I get so offended by that when it was just a joke, you know? And I can only imagine, you know, there are, we're living in a time where everybody gets to have an opinion and everybody gets to share it with the whole world as soon as they feel it. Um, Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely with social media and, and just life, you know, the news in general, it's, it's tough. It's, it's not an yeah. easy go being, being a, being a comedian, especially because, <laughs> uh, yeah, everybody just kind of gets, uh, gets opinionated and, and you got to remember, you know, everybody out there is dealing with something. Everybody's mm-hmm. got something in their back pocket that everybody's got an issue. Um, you know, but once again, don't let it keep you down. I mean, it's the, it's, you know, ride that low out and go high. That's my, yeah. my it thing, was interesting. So. We were in, um, when I lived out in Colorado, I was real close to Utah and worked, um, a couple rodeos for a guy named Brady Burningham with flying B rodeo at the time he's, um, consolidated, I believe with somebody else out of Stephenville, Texas now, but he was putting a rodeo on in Mapleton, Utah. And it was like right outside or close to Salt Lake City anyway and like there's a lot of Mormons in that part of the world oh it was I have the most beautiful picture around the first barrel like yes my horse bucked on the second barrel but the first barrel like mountains (laughs) in the background with snow and green grass at the bottom like oh my god got got that pick opportunity of a lifetime did you yes it was awesome. awesome but the clown like he's you know he's been around the area he knew the people and like when you know your your audience, you know, in the region that you're in and you can tell clowns do some research yeah. where they're yeah. going. But he was oh, yeah. some jokes about like just being a Mormon and how many kids they have and stuff. And he had the whole entire crowd rolling. Yeah. And me, who was like pretty unfamiliar with that, I was like, huh, like that's really interesting. But it's yeah. just knowing yeah. your crowd that he was able to yeah, make he exactly. was making, they thought it was great. Right. Right. Yeah, no, you want to get food one time, uh, go to go to Nebraska and talk about the Hawkeyes. I mean, yeah. I mean or or, you know, you know, some, or anything like that. Go go to go to go down to Texas and talk about the Redskins. I mean, you know, or the or the Giants or the Eagles. And, and yeah, it won't it won't go over very well. Uh, yeah. yeah, you got to know your surrounding. You got to know your area. You kind of got to know your research. Um, some of the some of the funniest stuff. I mean, some of the small towns I've worked in. Iowa and Northern Missouri, uh, you know, the Amish communities have gotten larger and larger and larger and larger. And, you know, they, they, you know, that's been some funny stuff, you know, the Amish, you know, uh, kind of some jokes on that and things, but yeah, you got to do your research. You just got to know where you're at and what's going on and, and stuff like that. That helps. That's a big time help. Yeah. When you go to create a new act, like the ones that have all the props and all of that stuff, like, how do you come up with that? I mean, coming up with the idea is one thing, but then putting it into action is another. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite acts that I've done that I've, I've had for quite a while, and I don't know if you've ever seen it or not, but it's, uh, I call it my tiny chestnuts act. Um, uh, basically what happened is I kind of come up with an idea that I wanted to make myself a, a midget. You know, I want to make myself a small, a small person. And if you've ever seen me live, I'm not a small guy. I'm a pretty big feller. 
Um, and I wanted to make myself a midget. And I thought, well, okay, can I, what can I do to do that? Well, you know, uh, I had this trailer at home look like a stage. I thought, well, if I put a piece of plywood on here and I cut some holes in it, you know, put my legs through it. I said, you know, I'll look, I'll look like a midget, you know, get some boots that I can cut and put over my knees and, and a pair of pants and, and a vest, you know, you know I, I can look like a midget. And I said, well, who, you know, what, okay, looking like a midget's good, but now what, what can I do to, to make that funny? And back then, uh, Kenny Chesney was really, really big, big. I mean, he just come out with that. She thinks my tractor sexy song. And, uh, so I went, went on a roll with that. And, and, and I just basically looked at what Kenny Chesney wore and, and tried to kind of mimic it, I guess. Uh, of course, back then he was wearing tank tops and, and, uh, beach hats and all that other stuff, but, yeah. but, uh, it just went with that kind of a look. And, and I guess when I come to, if you're asking me where I get my props and stuff like that, uh, a lot of different places, I, I, you know, you drive by a lot of flea markets on the side of the road, Yeah. <laughs> you know, you drive by a lot of them. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of stores the Nobbies and Mangelsons and, and different places like that. that you can do it. Uh, I have a few people back home that, that sew a lot of my outfits and costumes together. Um, just, uh, you know, lots of little things like that, I guess, is where I would say I get them, but you know, you just, you kind of use props according to what you're doing or buy props according to what you're doing. You know, Kenny Chesney obviously had to have a guitar. So Tiny yeah. Chestnut had to have a guitar. Um, uh, just little things like that. I mean, uh, uh, another example that I have is, you know, the local fire department. I'm like, Hey, you got any, you got any fire clothes I could borrow? I got a little fire truck act that I'm doing. Can you got any fire, fire clothes I could borrow? And they're like, yeah, we got to throw these away. Cause they're, they're, outdated so you can have them you know so you know, Perfect. I, I gathered that you know uh, the county had a road clothes sign that they had just taken down because it was getting rough and and gave me the road clothes sign and then there was a uh, you know a, a local sheriff we had that he had an old police hat he had retired he's like here I don't use it anymore you can have that you know just a lot of things like that sometimes it, it pays to know people sometimes definitely and to ask just to and ask. to ask yep ask yeah. absolutely yeah, so yep. what's your trailer look like? I assume you have a trailer that you travel. <sighs> My trailer looks like somebody set off a confetti bomb is what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it's very colorful and creative. It, it I, I tell you this, uh, many Pearl would be happy. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I think that you could, uh, let's see, what's all in there? There's, uh, uh, there's Dolly Parton's in there. Uh, Kenny Chesney's in there. David Copperfield's in there. Um, oh boy, uh, uh, Rascal Flats is in there. Um, okay. What I mean, it goes on and on and on. I mean, the the Energizer Bunny's even in there. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's there's it's anything and everything in there, and I I'd be afraid to open some of the doors in there to be honest with you. I don't know what might jump out. You know, uh, Shrek, the donkey, they're all in there. Um, oh my gosh. There's even a couple of live rabbits in there right now, but uh, oh my yeah, yeah. Magic tricks. So, yeah. So yeah, it, I, unfortunately I'm not there. I'm in a motel right now. Otherwise I'd give you a view of it, but uh, I'm in a motel. How often Go do ahead. you make new acts? Acts? Uh, you know, I'd say probably every two, three years, I come up with something different or new. And sometimes, sometimes you don't have to come up with a new act. Sometimes you just, you just change the way you've seen somebody else do one or you know, yeah. a lot of us, a lot of clowns used to, everybody does a lot of the same stuff. Yeah. You know, it's just, how do you twist it? How do you put your twist on it? What do you do good to make it funny? What can make it yours? Yeah. Um, 
and that's and that's you know that's kind of kind of a trick of the trade you know um and how can you make it modern you know like like uh there used to be all kinds of jokes about the whole michael jackson obviously michael jackson passed away so those jokes aren't funny anymore what's modern what's new today you know uh you know what 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 can you use today that's so you gotta that's basically what you got to do now coming up with a new act uh i'd probably come up with a new act new act probably oh i don't know probably every two three years maybe maybe once a year even i could say that I, i've been doing leon iowa's rodeo uh for the it's one of the largest amateur rodeos in the united states uh awesome. it's been on tv it's a great rodeo it's a, it's a great show um coming up over the fourth of july um i've been doing that show this will be my 19th year there Wow. That is very hard to go someplace. 19, yeah, it is very hard to go someplace 19 years and bring something different every year. I try to bring something different every yeah. year. So I always try to come up with something different for that one. Um, mm-hmm. Not always a new act, but, uh, you know, there's always something that I try to bring different every year. A so, new spin. A new spin. Absolutely. So yeah. and that's what's great about being on clown, Clowncation, you know, Clown Vacation, Clowncation. You get to, you know, I'm down here in Branson, Missouri right now for two or three days, taking it all in, you know, uh, you get to see somebody else work, which is kind of nice for a change. Yeah. We talked to, so, um, we did a rodeokids.com Zoom. We do monthly Zooms as well with the ambassadors and anybody else who wants to join in. Um, and we did one with Dusta Kimsey. She, I, or Kimsey O'Connell. Um, I had a college rodeo with her and now she does trick riding and, so she's just an all-around cowgirl, and she's married to Will O'Connell, and they just bought Championship Rodeo. So they awesome. have all kinds of cool things going on, and she was talking about being a trick rider and getting rehired to be an act again is, you know, because they're trying to keep it fresh and do things sure. you know, and switch it up. And so she's like, you know, to be able to go back to the same places is a real honor and yeah. establishing yeah. that reputation and, you know, and that rapport with the crowd is huge so yeah yeah getting that done yeah i tell you and that's the people of leon they make you feel like your family i mean they really have i mean yeah my gosh it's all my kids know that's the only place they have been over the fourth of july since they've been born you know uh uh that's that's the only place they know that's 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 their fourth of july every year they just know that that's the where we're going going to leon over the board and they, and that place has done a great job. I mean, the people of Leon are just, it's a great community. It's a great rodeo. It's a rodeo town. Um, it is a rodeo town. I mean, you know, you, and a lot of people don't realize that. They think, Iowa, well, that's just a farming community. But boy, you you hit that Iowa-Missouri line. Man, there are so many good rodeos right there down that strip. I mean, and that's yeah. and they love and they love the rodeo up here. They, they're great, great crowds. They get behind it. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's many great ones I, I i could go down the list of them but uh, uh yeah i mean that's it's it's rodeo country up here yeah and there's a there are a lot of people who don't realize that you know i've lived different places in the country when you go and you're like yeah there's during the summer if you want to within you know within a six hour radius you can go to yeah. a rodeo every night of the week you know july yeah. mid-june through september maybe even october yeah. if you're wanting to that's that's what's awesome about where i live you know i'm right on that nebraska iowa missouri border right there in that corner yeah and and kansas is right there too it's like a four state corner right there and then i can be in two hours i can in an hour i can be in south dakota you know in an hour yeah. 
two hours at the most I could be in Minnesota. So yeah, I mean, then, you know, it's only four and a half hours, five hours across state. So you're in Illinois, you know, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, where I'm at century located, you know, if, if a person wanted to rodeo, if, you know, every night of the week, almost, it seems like <laughs> yeah. you could. So Pretty much, which is awesome. Great. It's cool to see that many communities stepping up and supporting and having rodeos and for the contestants to come and be putting on a good show and and just everybody the producers the entertainers for it to all as a whole be coming together like it is um is really awesome to see I feel like in Iowa over the last five years the number of rodeos has really increased for amateurs at least I haven't pro rodeoed for a couple years but um yeah people are stepping up and um, I, I think that means that, like I said, we're doing a good job as ambassadors for the sport and setting a good example and educating people um, in the places that rodeo is not thriving so much and they're trying to tear it down. It's just a lack of education, in my opinion. Yes, I, I would have to wholeheartedly agree with you on that. I, you know, not only not only are there more rodeos, it seems like there's more contestants and it seems like there's it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger all the time. And, and the, not just that there's more contestants, the quality of contestants is unreal. You know, yeah. over the over the years, I've seen I've seen the bucking bull herd become unreal, you know, from where it was when I started to what it is now. The fighting bulls the same way, you know, they, they, oh, they was, you know, there was a few Mexican fighting bulls back in the day. But now, you know, there's all kinds of people raising them and they're and it's a different breed. I mean, they're they're twice as ranked. But I've also seen I've also seen in my part of the world anyway. Uh, number of contestants, you know, in the roping events and, and in the barrel racing just gets better and better and better as, as time goes on as well. Yeah. Um, well, and the, and the I, Western industry as a whole, you know, has just done a really good job creating opportunities outside of rodeo too, so that you can continue building when you're not mm-hmm. at a rodeo throughout the off season mm-hmm. to be able to come back and do it year round and mm-hmm. increase your skills. And so, yeah. Yeah, I'd say the, the one the one event that probably struggles the most with getting contestants is the is the rough stock horse riders. I mean, mm-hmm. it, the bareback and the saddle bronc riding is is probably the the one event that that probably has a lack of contestants. And and kudos to all those people that are that are putting on youth rodeos. Yeah. Uh, kudos to, to all those contractors that are hauling those miniature bucking bulls and miniature horses. Um, uh, you know. Uh, kudos to those people because they're they're gonna keep they're gonna keep the rodeo history alive by starting those young people and getting them on those on those youth rodeos those those miniature horses miniature bulls and and you know that's gonna keep it alive and 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 if you're somebody who's young looking to go looking to rodeo or maybe you're a parent that's wanting your son involved in a great organization find a, a local youth rodeo find somebody that's, that's doing those things and, and keep, keep us, keep this great tradition of rodeo alive. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's going to be a, a big part in where, where the rodeo industry goes. Yes. Like I said, there's been a, a, an increase in numbers of rodeo contestants and quality, but I still think that you've got to keep, you know, we got to keep digging in the, got to keep digging in the garden for more. Uh, am I frozen? No, you're back. Am I still here? Yep. I'm back. Sorry. Yep. Yep. I froze there, didn't I? Yeah. No, I definitely so. agree with that. And it's been really cool through the performance pony companies, pony pros, and then rodeokids.com now. You know, I 
I hear people talk about kids these days, which is my least favorite phrase in the world because kids yeah. these days are the way they are because of adults these days. Right. <laughs> um, right. That I, I often remind people of that. Um, but it's the kids that I get to interact with are awesome. You know, they're yes. hardworking, they're driven, they're polite, they're kind. They look you in the eye when they talk to you. I mean, and these are kids from all over the country. And they're just all such genuinely wonderful people. And their parents are, you know, setting them up with awesome opportunities. And it's so cool to see. And, okay, so when I'm not rodeoing, I I teach industrial art classes at at, at Sydney, 7th through 12th grade. And I coach junior high and high school football. Okay. Um, So, and rodeoing all the time. So I get to see, I get to see the, the kids that maybe aren't involved in rodeo and the kids that are involved in rodeo. And they're all great kids. Let me start off by saying that I, I have no, I, there, no, no, no kid that I think that isn't great. But I will say that I can see their work ethic. I can see the, I can see the, what people have learned uh, from rodeo. And there's a difference. There's a big difference. So rodeo kids are are getting a real advantage of what what life's like behind you know outside of a school building yeah um and their their character their you know their maturity level is just at a different level you know mm-hmm. uh than some than than most school stu- you know most school-age students uh and i and i once again i think that's and i could use my kids for an example you know they've been all over the world they've got to travel uh they've got to see what it's like you know they've 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 dealt with people you know they've they've gotten that experience in life. And I think that that's made them better people today. Um, so, you know, I think that there is the rodeo kids out there, uh, I think are getting, are getting a a real education, a real life education. Um, and, uh, and once again, if you're somebody that's, that's, uh, out there and interested in the rodeo world, I encourage you to get your kids involved. Cause it's, it's a great, it's a great life. It's a great life. And it's a great way for a kid to grow up. Yeah. We always encourage, you know, the kids that we have on our programs. Um, one of the, one of their challenges this year, I believe is they have monthly challenges, um, challenge videos. And then they also have a checklist of things that they can do every month, everywhere that they go, um, on promoting the sport. And, just inviting a friend, you know, inviting a friend to a rodeo with you who may not be aware of what it's like. I mean, you don't necessarily even have to compete to gain so much from it. So for those of you who get to go all the time, like taking a friend with you or um, even somebody who's sitting in the stands who's new, who took the, the, pl- the plunge and had the courage to try it out on their own, go sit next to them and introduce yourself and just be kind and friendly and welcoming. And that's how things grow. That's how relationships build and opportunities are created. Yeah. And you will, and you'll find out a lot of people in this business, uh, make it easy for you to come up and talk to them. Absolutely. And and share their, share their knowledge. They like to share their experiences. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're great people to, to, to meet in life. They're those good people I talked about earlier. Yes, I definitely agree. So if somebody wanted to learn how to become a clown, like how do they, where do they go? What do they do? Oh, that's a good question. Um, as far as being a comedy <laughs> clown or the barrel clown, there are, there are some schools. Uh, I actually was just, 
last week, a good friend of mine and a, a rodeo clown by the name of pork chop. I don't know if you're familiar with him or not. He's from Arkansas. Uh, I know that he was putting, or he was involved in a church camp. Um, okay. and this church camp and it, I cannot remember the name of the town it's in. It's just South of here. Not very far in, uh, South of Branson here. It's in Arkansas, but, uh, they were they just had a church camp that ran monday tuesday wednesday i believe it was uh and that church camp was uh, it was a rodeo related church camp so like they had they had every event you could enter any event um you could and they had a rodeo on wednesday but you could enter any event and then they had instructors for each event um uh and pork chop i know he had a five or six students i think it was down there for that Cool. And uh, so, so yeah, I, I don't know exactly what all he teaches. I've never been involved in one. I've never done one. Um, so that's one way maybe to get started is that way. Uh, other ways to maybe get your start as a rodeo clown are, uh, you know, once again, you got to push, you got to ask, you got to, you got to have the opportunity to work for somebody or do something. And, and I would say that if you're interested in it, I would say to go and watch some clowns go to a rodeo and watch some different clowns and, and see if you can come up with something that's, that makes you, uh, makes you, you, uh, as a character, what your character is or who your character is. And then just don't be afraid to ask a, uh, somebody if they need a clown or if you could clown or if they could clown an event or something like that, and get your feet wet and try it. I, I, it's kind of like the bullfighting thing. It's kind of the school of hard knocks, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and, and it's tough as an entertainer and a clown because a lot of people don't want to take a chance on just hiring somebody that they've never seen or that they don't know, you know, you know, it, it's, it's risky because you're kind of the guy that keeps it rolling. Like I said earlier, you're kind of that yeah. it's kind of an important role, but uh, that's, that, that's what I would say is I would get in with somebody that uh, get in touch with somebody or get in with somebody that maybe has some experience and, and figure out if you've got timing because timing's a big a big key in the comedy industry uh and then just kind of give it a shot i would you know i mean if you're a fun person you're energetic and you like to like to have a good time then it, it's something that's probably for you absolutely um and then it, it helps to have some experience you know working with animals you know as far as knowing when to when to be in the way when to not be in the way that kind of thing too so once again, all things are possible. You just gotta, you gotta ask questions. You gotta, you gotta pursue it and then just uh, find a hole and ride that, ride into that hole and then just try to ride that out for a little bit and see if it's something that, that you can do, that you want to do. Yeah. And I think stock no, I contractors are always looking for help. Like if you yeah, can they are. even just offer to be like, Hey, can I come sort cattle for you? Yep. And, and I know, and I know some great entertainers that worked in the back pens before they were rodeo clowns you know i know there's you know some rodeo clowns that work past contestants that that learn the sport that are really good i i think about robbie hodges and cody sosby those prca barrelmen that rode bareback horses before they became comedians um yeah. uh, rodeo clowns and then or barrelmen whichever they prefer to be called and then uh you know uh, justin rumford you know the the rump i mean yeah. my gosh look at him he's got his own podcast and he's He's uh, been to the NFR and, and, you know, at the top of the top of the chain right now. And, and he's, you know, and I know he's, he's served his time, you know, he's worked his butt off in the back pins and, and hauled stock and did, did things too to, and then, you know, learn the, learn, learn the game, I'll say. 
and now look at them. I mean, they're great at what they do. So yeah, it's just finding a way to get involved mm-hmm. and then revolving from that into this is what it is, is yeah. what I would say is the best way. Um, and as you get you know, to know those people in the back pens and the stock contractors and stuff, if they get to know you personally and you can make them laugh outside of the arena when you're working, they're way more likely right. to take a chance on you than right. um, Joe Schmo right. walking in saying, hey, I think I'm funny. <laughs> Just be a personality that everybody's addicted to, that everybody loves. And that's, yeah. that's what you got to be. You got to be that guy. You got to be you got to be fun inside the arena and fun outside the arena and and just got to be that person (laughs) you know um that's just it but don't be afraid to be a worker don't be afraid to Mm -hmm. i I mean i packed my shared panels when i was younger too i mean it it's it it you know you got to start somewhere i keep tying this into what your rodeo announcer said last week but you know you got to put the time in put the effort in that's how you get there yep exactly okay well we're rounding up on an hour do you have any other advice you'd like to share anything else you'd like to share you know just be you as a person, um, be who you are as a person and be okay with that person. Uh, I promise you, you'll, you know, whether you're wanting to be a rodeo clown or whether you're wanting to be a banker, uh, a nurse, whatever, whatever it is that you're chasing to be, be okay with who you are and, and be okay with being that person. It's okay to be who you are and have faith when you get knocked down, get right back up. Never listen to anyone who says you can't uh, or shouldn't because you can. Uh, and I'll, I'll go back to surround yourself with great people. It's huge. It's a big part of it, um, you know. And, and man, if you haven't found Jesus yet, find Jesus because he's, uh, he's definitely a he's definitely a leader. And he's definitely the guy that will point you in the right direction and, and get, you, get you where you belong which is on top of the mountain Um, but you just my biggest you know my biggest thing is be who you are and and believe me it's good enough I don't care who you are out there whoever's listening to this right now I'm telling you right now you're good enough you're 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 unbelievable and you're you're good enough good enough for anything and everything whatever you decide to do yeah you're good enough you are perfectly made Yes. And you're here for exactly what you're doing at this moment and just trust God's path for you and go after it. You are perfect. That's how you are. Yep. Go get it because he wants you to go get it. Go be who you are. Yes. Well, fantastic. Thank you so much. What an awesome message that you have to share. And it's so clear that you are making a difference and that you are following God's path and that you are an inspiration to people and you're sharing your word and it's, it matters, you know, it matters. It makes a difference and people hear you. So keep doing it. And thank you for sharing on rodeokids.com. Hey, you bet. Thank you so much for having me. What a wonderful message. As Psalms 139.14 says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. 
That is so true, and God has a purpose for every single one of us here, and it's to achieve and to go down that path that sets your soul on fire. If you are looking for a little extra support on that path and and having the courage to get to where it is you want to go, check out the rodeokids.com coaching calls. Our coaching calls are designed to bring you the courage, the practice drills, the confidence, and the mental strength that it takes to get to the next level. So if you're You've got that burning desire that is just got you choked up and you know it's time. Let us help you. That is what we are here for. We want to see you succeed and then we want to go out and spread the awesome word while we're doing it. If you are going to the National Junior High Finals Rodeo in Des Moines, Iowa, we look forward to seeing you. Stop by the booth. Let us know that you've been listening and we've got a lot of goodies. So thank you all for tuning in today. Good luck, safe travels, and God bless.